Let us pray. God, we thank you for a new day. We thank you for a new season. We thank you for this community of faith that you have gathered together this morning. We thank you, God, for all the ways in which you're moving and breathing in our lives. And God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit as you continue to blow and move among us. Heavenly Father, as we prepare to open your uh, word this morning, we invite you to just do what you can only do. And so may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are indeed our rock and our redeemer. Amen. If you've got your Bibles this morning, I'm going to invite you to go to Acts, the book of Acts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. It's the fifth book in the New Testament, Acts 8, Acts 8, and we're going to pick up with verse 26. We're in the middle of a sermon series uh, called Plugged In, and the big idea is that when we are plugged into the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit does something remarkable uh, in our lives. The Holy Spirit guides us through life when we are plugged in. And we've looked at different ways and different aspects of how the Holy Spirit guides us in our lives. And we began our series talking about when we're plugged into the Holy Spirit, He helps us to know what we need to know. Last week, uh, we looked at how the Holy Spirit helps us to say or speak what we need to say. And today, uh, we are going to look at when we are plugged into the Holy Spirit, He helps us to go where we need to go. And so this morning, I thought as we think a little bit about moving and how the Holy Spirit guides us, uh, I've got a little video clip here I'd want you to see so you can just uh, kind of reflect a little bit on uh, what happens when we're not paying attention to the Holy Spirit and guiding us. Anybody relate? <laughs> Would anybody actually admit that you've run into something or fallen into a swimming pool or something like that? Yeah, I think we spend so much of our time looking down as we go through life at what is right in front of us. And this morning, I'm going to invite us to look up, to look to the Holy Spirit and, and, and ask how he is guiding us in the direction he is inviting and calling us to go when we are plugged in. This morning I want to share with you um, three lessons for how we can uh, be guided by the Holy Spirit to go where he has called us to go. And we're going to look at this great story in the book of Acts, Acts 8, 
uh, and it's uh, a story about a guy by the name of Philip. Philip. And so if you've got your Bibles, here we go with Acts 8. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. I want to stop there just for a moment. Philip was a deacon in the church. Uh, Early on, he was one of the original 12 disciples, one of the followers of Jesus. And then after the resurrection uh, of Jesus, uh, Philip kind of rose up through the ranks and he was a leader in the church in Jerusalem. And if you remember what was going on early on uh, in the life of the church is that many people were following Jesus. Hundreds and hundreds and then thousands and thousands of people were gathering in uh, and following Jesus. It was a very, very exciting time in the life of the church. And there was Philip, this deacon in the life of the church in Jerusalem. All this exciting stuff that is going on in an urban, exciting place. And so, and the Spirit says to Philip, go to that place out in the middle of nowhere. Go to Aerosmith. (laughs) Go to Danvers. Go to Shirley. Go to Leroy. Go to Carlock. And I can about imagine Philip thinking to himself, are you kidding me? Jerusalem is where it's at. Jerusalem is where the Holy Spirit is moving. Jerusalem is where exciting things are going. And this, this, an, as an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the, the desert road. Go to that place where nobody is going. It's very quiet, very peaceful. And so lesson number one this morning, when you're plugged into the Holy Spirit, sometimes the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to go to some place and it's going to make no sense at all. Some of you have no idea how you ended up in Bloomington. Some of you have no idea how you ended up at Faith Lutheran Church, right? Can anyone relate to this? That when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, sometimes the Holy Spirit is going to take you to a place that you just, it seems so obscure. Where in the world is that? Why would I go there? It's going to make no sense. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Yeah, when, I, when our family was first called to come to Bloomington, Illinois, I had no idea where Bloomington was. I literally got out a map and said, where's that? And I know the Holy Spirit has led some of you to a place and it makes no sense. And that's how the Holy Spirit works sometimes, folks. The Spirit said to Philip, go to the desert road. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch. And all the guys said, ouch an important official in charge of the treasury of the Candake. Now, your Bibles might say Candace, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, 
And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading uh, the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go. You might want to underline that in your Bibles. Go to that chariot and stay near it. So there's Philip wandering along this dusty road in the middle of nowhere. And the Holy Spirit says to him, see that guy over there? I want you to go and talk to him. Now, there's at least there's many things that we can uh, 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 surmise or deduce about who this man was. He was an Ethiopian eunuch. And what scripture tells us uh, as we think about this man is, first of all, he was, of, he was a high social class. He was a very, very important person. He was a very wealthy person. He worked for the queen for the court in Ethiopia. So he was a very different social class of Philip. Philip was a common guy. He was an everyday guy. The second thing we know about this Ethiopian eunuch is that he was from Ethiopia. He was from Africa. Philip was Middle Eastern, and so this guy from Ethiopia did not look like all the other uh, Middle Easterners who were gathered in Jerusalem. Different social class, and he looked very different. And the third thing we know about uh, this Ethiopian eunuch is that he is a eunuch. He didn't have the regular plumbing of all the rest of the Jews, which meant that he couldn't have been a Jew. He was something else, and we don't know exactly know what he was. But it says that he was in Jerusalem, Jerusalem worshiping. And while the eunuch could not have been a Jew, impossible, folks. And if you don't understand why, I'll be happy to explain it to you after worship this morning. He could not have been Jewish. It was impossible. But there was something about the Jewish faith that drew him to Jerusalem. He was intrigued by the Jews. And it said he went there to worship. Scholars say that he was a God-fearer. He was someone who was on a pilgrimage because he was curious about all that's going on in Jerusalem. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so in summary, he didn't look like everybody else. He didn't talk like everyone else, socially, culturally. He was very, very different. Lesson number two, when we are plugged into the Holy Spirit, sometimes the Holy Spirit is going to lead us to go to people who are very different than we are. Philip was called and led to go to someone very different than him at every level. And that's how the Holy Spirit works. Sometimes the Holy Spirit takes us to meet people who don't look like us, who don't sound like us, who are of a different social class, who are of a different social status, but that's how the Holy Spirit works. He takes us to places that make no sense, and he takes us to people who are nothing like us at any level. And sometimes it's kind of awkward, right? Sometimes when we go and meet people who are different than us, the Holy Spirit has, has led us to talk to someone. It's kind of awkward, it's, and it just feels uncomfortable. But that's what the Holy Spirit does. He says, I don't care if you're comfortable. I have called you to go to people who are different than you. 
Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. And as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the Gospels in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. So they have this conversation along this dusty road, the middle of nowhere. Two completely different men. And the Ethiopian eunuch says, help me understand this passage. And so Philip does, of course. And something clicked with the Ethiopian eunuch. The light bulb came on. And he decided to follow Jesus. And he asked Philip to baptize him. And he was baptized. And they prayed together. And it's very interesting. All of a sudden, they open their eyes. And they're separated again. And it says that Philip goes on to Caesarea. And if you know the geography, that means north. And the Ethiopian eunuch goes south. He goes towards Egypt, down the Nile, and back home to Ethiopia. He gets back to Ethiopia, and he says, Guys, guess what? There's hope. There's hope because according to Isaiah the prophet, who spoke hundreds of years ago, that someone was going to come and lay down their life for all of humanity. And that person would be a bridge between our Heavenly Father, between God and people on the earth. And that person was going to bridge the gap and forgive the sins of all people who place their trust in him. His name is Jesus. He came. And I met this guy by the name of Philip, and he told me all about Jesus. And I surrendered my life. And guess what? You are invited to surrender your life too. And so there's this group of people in Ethiopia who surrendered their lives to follow Jesus. And the church was born in Ethiopia. Lesson number three. When we're plugged into the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit guides us to go to where we need to go, the Holy Spirit is going to accomplish far more far more than any of us could ever imagine. The impact is so much greater when we're plugged into the Holy Spirit. 
See, if you were to go to Ethiopia today, I was in Ethiopia in 2010. There are 50 million Christians in Ethiopia today. There are 8 million of the Lutheran flavor of Christian in Ethiopia today. Did you know that there are more Lutheran Christians in Ethiopia today than there are in the United States? How did that happen? A man by the name of Philip came up to a man, we don't even know his name, a eunuch from Ethiopia and said, do you understand what you're reading? Folks, this is how Christianity made it to Ethiopia today. Millions and millions of followers of Jesus today, all because a man by the name of Philip went to an obscure place, met a man who was very different than him, shared Jesus with that man, and the gospel grew. And here we are, a couple thousand years later, 50 million Ethiopians today proclaim the name of Jesus. I can't imagine that on that day that these two had this encounter, that Philip would have any kind of idea what kind of impact his life would have with this one other guy, right? He just thought he was talking to an Ethiopian eunuch. Here we are, folks, 50 million Christ followers today because of this one incident. See, God can do so much more when we're plugged into the Holy Spirit than than when we're just on our own. God's going to accomplish things through you when you are plugged into the Holy Spirit and go places that he has called you to go. And guess what? Sometimes you're not even going to know how that impact is going to happen. Sometimes you're, you're going to just plant seeds. You're going to go places. You're going to talk to people. And you're going to be like, ah, I don't think anything resulted of that. That's probably what Philip was thinking. Right? Ah, I just talked to a guy on the road. I, what I think is crazy, we don't even know this guy's name. He's just known as an Ethiopian eunuch. 50 million Christians today. I think his name was Bob. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't that great? Some guy, we don't even know his name, has impacted 50 million people. Which I think that ought to tell us something, that our name doesn't need to be great either, right? That we can just share um, who Jesus is with other people, and it's not about bringing honor and glory to ourselves. Nobody needs to know the name of Brian. And nobody needs to know your name either. But when we're plugged into the Holy Spirit, he is going to take us places that we're not going to understand, to talk to people that that are going to be completely different than us. And, and, And truly, folks, he is going to make an impact and do a difference in the world far beyond any of what any of us could ever imagine. But only if we're plugged into the Holy Spirit. You know, and I I think one of the key elements to this story that we need to understand this morning is how did all this happen? I think it really comes down to one word, obedience. Philip was obedient at every step of the way. See, the Holy Spirit told him to go to go places and talk to people and do stuff. And Philip didn't say, I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. He just went and he just started talking 
to this Ethiopian eunuch. And I think we cannot underscore how important it is for us also to be obedient to where the Holy Spirit is leading us in our lives. That's what it means to be plugged into Jesus. It means that we've got to be obedient. Not what we want to do, not what we feel like doing. It's like, yes, Lord. Yes, Holy Spirit. Where are you taking me? And who do you want me to talk to? Even if it doesn't make sense. And I think when we're obedient, the winds of the Holy Spirit are going to move and breathe just like in Philip's life. When I was in high school, um, my parents uh, got a 14-foot, purchased a 14-foot catamaran sailboat. And they moored it or uh, buoyed it on a Lake Harriet in South Minneapolis. And uh, my friends and I in high school, we spent a great amount of time on that catamaran. Uh, In the first summer, I learned a lot of different sailing nautical terms. I, I, I learned about the aft and the stern. I learned uh, about, you know, uh, coming about. I learned about jibing. I learned about tacking. I learned all these nautical terms all summer long, and it was really, really fun. But I also learned several other lessons, and probably one of the most important lessons I learned when it comes to sailing that summer and the next few summers is pay attention to the wind. Pay attention to the wind. Because we've got to pay attention to the wind. Every sailor knows you've got to pay attention to the wind. And sometimes I'd be out on that sailboat, and, and, and I wasn't sure what to do. And you know what I would do? I would just pull the sail right down. Because it was the safest thing to do. When the wind is blowing, you just pull it down, pull the sail down. And the, and the beautiful thing about that is you're safe. You are completely safe when the wind is blowing all around. But the downside is you're just out there drifting. You're not moving anywhere. And so that's one way to approach when the wind is blowing is take it safe, pull the sail down, and just drift along. You can do that in your life. Many people do. They just drift along in life. The wind is moving. The Holy Spirit is moving. Too scary, too dangerous, pull the sail down, right? The second way that sometimes I approach the wind, that, especially that first summer, is I would fight the wind. And if you've ever been sailing, they make it look really easy, right? The people who know what they're doing, but it's not. Sometimes when the wind is, is moving in different directions and it's especially strong, you can fight and pull against the wind. See, if I want to go to that side of the lake and the wind is blowing this way, I will fight all day long and I'll get my arms exhausted. The boom will come about. It'll throw you in the water sometime. And guess what? Sometimes it'll even knock your sailboat over. And many times we had to call the Water Safety Patrol, or as we uh, called it by its acronym, the WSP. I remember the acronym. That's how often we had to call the WSP to come rescue us to get our sailboat back up because I was fighting the wind on that sailboat and I wasn't trying to necessarily I just didn't know what I was doing and I couldn't harness the wind in an effective way and so I was fighting the wind and I spent many days drinking water out of Lake Harriet 
And there are many people that are fighting the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, go. And they said, no, I'm not going that way. I'm going this way. Many people are fighting against the Holy Spirit. And you can do that as you go through life. You can keep your sail down and it's really safe. Or you can fight the Holy Spirit. Or the third way is that you can work with the Holy Spirit. You can pay attention to the wind. (coughs) And this takes some time. It takes some skill. And it takes some learning to truly work with the wind when you're out sailing. And when you do, it's so much fun. And you can get really cruising along and it can pull one of your pontoons out of the water and you can lean back and you can feel the wind, you can feel the breeze, you can, and you're just sliding through the water like butter and it's so much fun. And you're hardly hanging on to the rope. It's not even that much work. Even in a strong wind, when you are working with the wind... And that's what I'm talking about this morning as we think about Philip and working with the Holy Spirit. It's not about where Philip wanted to go, what Philip wanted to do. It's about work paying attention to where the wind is blowing and then walking and coming alongside the Holy Spirit. Now, there's one other thing I want to talk a little bit about this morning uh, as it relates... uh, to wind and the Holy Spirit, and I learned this from sailing, is um, you got to pay attention to the forecast, right? Because we cannot assume that we are the ones who are making the wind go, right? In fact, we are not the ones making the wind go. And many times I wasn't paying attention to the forecast and what was going to happen, and I would have my sail up, there I was, out in the middle of Lake Harriet, and the winds died down, and guess what? There I was sitting, And I learned to bring a paddle with me the second time around. And then it was just a whole lot of work on my end because I hadn't paid attention to the forecast. We've got to pay attention to how the wind is blowing, how the wind is moving, and then come alongside. And we can never, ever forget that we are not the wind. We just work with the wind. We harness the wind. We come alongside the wind. The wind blows where it will. Our job is to pay attention and then work with the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, I want to get real practical um, with you in terms of how this works and how I think it works for us as a church. This church, I want to give you a few examples of how this church came together and how this church was created. First and foremost, I want to share with you, I did not create Faith Lutheran Church. The launch team did not even create Faith Lutheran Church. It was the Holy Spirit who created this church. The wind was blowing. A group of five families said, look, the wind is blowing. Let's work with the wind. And so when this church, go ahead, Emerson. When this church began, there were 17 people at that first worship service. If you were at that first worship service, would you just raise your hand? 17 of you guys were there. I wasn't there. Folks, that's amazing. I mean, look in this room today. That can only be a testimony of the Holy Spirit moving. Now, uh, over the past few months, we have moved from 17. We average anywhere between 85 and 100 on a typical Sunday morning. That didn't just happen, folks. That's not just a bunch of people paddling. That's the Holy Spirit. 
And last year, uh, on Easter, we had 160 people in worship. Folks, that's the Holy Spirit moving. That's how the Holy Spirit's been moving in the life of the church. But it's not just in our worship attendance. When this church began, there was $108,000 pledged. That's how we began. This past year, our 2018 budget, 225000 Folks, that's the Holy Spirit. I mean, you can, that's not a coincidence. That's not a bunch of people paddling. That's not a bunch of people doing stuff. That is the Holy Spirit who has doubled our budget. This church has been going for 18 months, 225000 And it's not just the money either. When this church began, there were seven young people birthed through age 18. Seven. And last year... On graduation Sunday, when we prayed a blessing over our high school graduates, uh, we counted 41 young people who we have had a chance to disciple in some shape or form. Seven to 41, how does that happen? It happens because the Holy Spirit is moving in the midst of this congregation and a group of people said, let's work with the Holy Spirit next. There were five families gathered. Five families gathered in a living room of a home. And they said, let's do life together. Let's do community together. And then this past spring, when we offered up small groups for Lent, we had 62 people who gathered in community, gathered in circles. And then this fall, we've now had 75 people gathered in community. Can you guys see where this is going? I mean, this is the Holy Spirit moving in the life of God's people. This is truly discipleship. This is truly the Ethiopian eunuch going to Ethiopia and saying, guys, guess what? And many of you have been inviting friends and neighbors and coworkers. And some of you, some of you are guests here today. You're part of the fruit of that. And people just keep gathering together. And so one of the things that was really important for the launch team back in the day was that they had an aspiration to serve meaningfully in the Bloomington Normal community. They said, we don't know how we're going to do it. We just want, we want to make a difference in this community. We want to serve. And so over the past 18 months, this community has provided hundreds and hundreds of diapers for the crisis nursery. Over the past 18 months, uh, there have been many of you who have participated in SOAR, a ministry, uh, an organization in town that reaches out to folks with developmental disabilities. And you've played pickleball. I've played pickleball. Anybody else play pickleball? And we did crafts. And we got to be in relationship with these young adults uh, with SOAR. Some of you pounded nails with Habitat for Humanity over the past 18 months. You said, we want to be about providing affordable housing for people in this community. And some of you have done, been a part of that. And, and the, of course, most recently, we are now sponsoring a child uh, at the baby fold. We're actually sponsoring an entire family. So we're not just going to talk about being Jesus followers. We're going to actually do it. And that's what you guys have been doing. And if you were here, was it last week or two weeks ago, John read that letter? Uh, when was that? Was it last week? Yeah, about how you guys are truly making a difference in the life of this family through the baby fold. It's, 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 it's just really, really powerful. Uh, I just love this. All right. 
Midwest Food Bank, we've bagged all sorts of stuff. We've provided a disaster relief on several occasions over at Midwest Food Bank, and we've had lots and lots of you guys participating in that, and that's been great fun. We've been sending care packages uh, to our young adults in college and in the armed forces. Bridget, how many do we send out? Um, 26. 26. Yeah, so four times uh, throughout the year, we send these care packages off to these young adults in college and the armed forces trying to figure out life. And, and it's just our way of saying, hey, we love you. We care about you. We're praying for you. We support you, even though you're not here and we've just been encouraging 26-ish young adults. That's pretty cool. And we provided uh, some financial support for some medicines that have gone to Ecuador this past year. And I know the Ecuador ministry has meant a lot to so many of you. And we feel really good about that. We feel really good about the ways in which we've been able to impact this community, but beyond this community to different places around the United States that are experiencing hardship and even to South America. That's pretty cool. That didn't just happen. That's the Holy Spirit moving, folks, through the life of this church. That's not just a bunch of people doing stuff. That's a bunch of people paying attention to the movement of the Holy Spirit and coming alongside but it's not just, you know, through these ways of, of outreach and service. I want to give you just a couple more anecdotes for how discipleship, how you guys have been growing in your faith in Jesus Christ. Some of you have come to me and shared with me that because of the prayer sermon series we did last year during Lent, that you've been praying more. You're not going to see any slides for that. <laughs> But you need to know that there are more of you praying in meaningful ways. This summer, we did a sermon series on reading the Bible. I had four people come to me and say, I bought a new Bible and I'm reading for the Bible. Some of you said, I'm reading the Bible for the first time in my life. You're not going to see a slide. You're not going to see any statistics. But there are disciples of Jesus in this place, in this community, now reading scripture like never before. That's the Holy Spirit. One more story. In 2018, at the beginning of 2018, we received a check from another church in Illinois who said, we want to just bless you and support you and encourage you as you plant this church in Bloomington Normal. Wow. Isn't that cool? There are other churches that just want to bless us, and so they've sent some money our way just to say, we love you, we care about you, and we want you to grow. We're in the process right now of sending a check to a church in North Dakota that's getting ready to launch and plant a church. We are 18 months old, folks, and we are already on the front line of church planting. That's huge. That's not just about receiving, but that's about giving. Blessed to be a blessing. Folks, that's where your giving goes. It goes out to support and make more disciples. We're going to be making disciples in North Dakota. 
How cool is that? And most of us, we're not going to meet any of those people in North Dakota. They're in the process of putting this church plant together. And we just get to send them a little bit of love and say, use these resources to make disciples in North Dakota. And the people in North Dakota are thinking, how did we get here, right? That's pretty cool. That's how the Holy Spirit, just some of the ways the Holy Spirit has been moving over the past 18 months here at Faith. And so, of course, the question is, where are we going? Where are we going in 2019? We just collected uh, pledge cards. We just collected offerings and aspirations and dreams to think about where are we going? It's been awesome. But here's where I can tell you one place we're not going. We're not bringing down the sail and just sitting in the water and drifting. We're moving and we're going. And we are going to be obedient to where the Lord is calling us to go. And I'm going to make a prediction. At some point over the 2019, some of you are either going to say or think out loud, why are we going here? This makes no sense. <laughs> I don't get why, Lord, you are taking us over there. I don't get it. It's, it's going to happen. I'm just telling you, that's how the Holy Spirit moves. He takes us places that we just don't plan on going to meet people that we just weren't planning on meeting. And he's going to, when we've got to trust that he's going to accomplish things that we on our own power and strength just cannot understand. He's going to bless it and make it so much bigger than any of us. This is about a God-sized vision. This is not about a faith vision. This is about a God vision. And so in 2019, we're going to spend the first few weeks, first few months talking about where we're going and how the Lord is going to get us there. And some of us are just going to be a little bit freaked out. I, I mean, I'm, I'm already a little bit freaked out thinking about some of this because I know when the Holy Spirit's moving, it's not easy, it's not comfortable, and sometimes you just want to pull down the sail, and we've got to resist that, and we've just got to work with the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, you are taking us somewhere. I think the Lord, the Holy Spirit, has already made it clear to us some of the what, what we need to be about in 2019 and some of the why and one of the great challenges we're going to wrestle with together in 2019 is the how how are we going to do this together church is a team sport it's not an individual sport and so in 2019 you're gonna your head might be swirling a little bit how are we going to do this how are we going to make disciples and i believe like philip it's all about being obedient, getting on our knees, and being humble, and just going where the Holy Spirit is calling us to go. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Philip, um, this man that we don't know a lot about, but Lord, you used him. Here we are, 50 million Christians later in Ethiopia. Wow, wow, wow. And God, what if, what if you are using our lives like you used Philip's life to do some extraordinary work? God, we pray that in our individual lives and in the life of this church that we would um, resist pulling down the sail, that we would resist fighting with the wind, but that, Lord, we would um, pay attention Pay attention to the where the wind is blowing. 
and come alongside you and obediently step out and go where you've called us to go. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. prayer.